All right. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode, the 50th episode of the Stories of Selling Human podcast. I'm your host, Alex Smith, and I started this podcast because I truly believe everyone in the world will someday be faced with a situation, could be business, could be personal, that requires you to create change. I think we all want to be heard, seen, and understood, and the people who get our attention and convince, persuade, or influence are not just salespeople. I think there are great human beings throughout all walks of life that we're drawn to, uh, I'm going to continue to share their stories here so we can tap into what makes us human, practice our human skills, and ultimately we'll all become better at selling by being human. All right, gang, I'm getting chills because it's, you know, 50 episodes. I can't even imagine that it got this far because I knew nothing about podcasting about a year and a half ago when I started this thing. And I just want to continue these conversations. And today I have such a great guest on. I'm so excited for her. She is the director of event experience at Alice. If you know anything about Alice, uh, you know that it's a personal gifting platform. So, you know, she really enables companies to create personal bonds with her prospects and customers and partners through one-to-one selling. She is also uh, part of our Thursday night sales community that I met her in and just know her through personal connections. I'm so excited to welcome none other than Nina Butler to the podcast. Welcome, Nina. Alex, I'm so excited to be here. I can't believe I'm a part of your 50th story celebration. I feel so, so honored. There's no other place I'd rather spend today. Thanks. Thanks. And I was going to give you, uh, I should say from your, because you, you know, at Alice and uh, you're talking about like, you know, one-to-one gifting at scale, but really creating personal experiences. And and it's about kind of connecting with people on a personal level. And there, you know, from there, I love this uh, expression, appeal to your your prospects five to nine, not their nine to five, right? You know, yeah. what they want to do. And you, you're five to nine, I should also say you, you love reggae music being near the yes. water. So we can talk about Martha's Vineyard. We have some connection. You, you just you grew up there. So we'll talk about, you know, how you grew up New England sports. I, I live in Tampa, so I, I'm not a Tampa Bay Bucks fan, but I'm sorry about Tom Brady. I have to just, you know, well, let's just lead about that. And um, <laughs> uh, we'll just say that don't, don't <laughs> pin it all on me. But we'll talk uh, about, we're going to get into gifting and really how to, any gift, you know, gifting in sales, but gifting just in general, how to create that personal bond with the, the, the person. So on that note, my first question for you, Nina, when you think back to your childhood or throughout your life, what's the most thoughtful gift you think you've been given? Or maybe you could kind of maybe think of a time where somebody gave something to you and they really got to know you through the gift. And um, what was that like and and who gave it to you? Can you think of something? Yeah, I have two examples. So the first one is less a particular moment in time and just more a gesture that really lands with me. I have this shoebox that I've been cultivating saved thank you cards and notes and mementos my entire life. And I mean, from like the grandmother's birthday card when I was five, all the way up to a letter that my boss wrote me recently and put in the mail, like literally put a stamp on and sent to me and everything in between. And the reason that those are the most important and valuable and notable gifts in my life is because somebody has taken the time to put pen to paper. There's something physical and tangible about that. And all they were thinking about in that moment was the words that they wanted to put on that paper that they knew I would enjoy reading and hearing. And that I get like goosebumps thinking about it. Like, and you talk about the vineyard, right? I grew up in a really small place. I am very community oriented and like relationships are everything. At the end of the day, like I like to think about like, what would people say about me when I'm not in the room? And that's a direct reflection of the emphasis and effort you put into 
cultivating and maintaining relationships. And so I think like the handwritten thank you card is one of the best presents I could ever receive, continue to receive. And I have the shoebox to show it. Awesome. I love it. We'll talk about more stuff like that. So yeah, I want to talk about kind of where you first saw the power of just uh, gifting and, and just creating those relationships growing up. You know, tell us a little bit uh, about your story. Uh, I've been to, to Martha's Vineyard a couple of times. We have a, a friend in common who, you know, just, you know, she gets there and just her family knows everyone. Like you, you're driving down the road and you're just, she's waving to people that driving down the road. And I'm like, how do you know everyone that's driving down the road? And it's like, <laughs> you know, when, when the tourists leave, the, uh, it, you know, it's just so tight knit because you're on, you're on an Island. Um, and you know, you see the same people at this, at the local mm-hmm. convenience store and at the restaurant and, you know, you know, the, the, the local plumber is friends with your friends. And so, yeah, talked a little bit about growing up, how you saw the power of those relationships and, you know, where you saw them, you know, how, how that, how that kind of unfolded as you grew up. Totally. I mean, my similar scenario when I'm, when I'm home and my mom like takes my car to go to the store, she's like, all these people were waving to me down the road. Like, I didn't know who they were, but I gave them a wave back because people are like, oh yeah, just that's, that's car. Nina's car. Yeah. That's exactly right. But it, it really was an awesome place to grow up. And, and the reason I say that is because like community is everything there, right? Like you, you are a, you know, you are allegiant to the boats coming and going. And if the boat's not running, right, like you are stuck there with 10,000 other people. And at the end of the day, like community is everything there in terms of making sure that people, when they're in help, they get it or when they are in need of help, they get it. Right. Or furthermore, when they have things to give, they make sure that they're generous and they pay it forward and they do right by, by their neighbors and friends in the community. And so I really think that that was instilled in me in an early age was like, your, your neighbors are everything because truly you have nothing else in the dead of winter in a seasonal town. Right. And so as it relates to like how that's influenced my career in my adult life is I spent the first about 12 years of my career in hospitality and food and beverage started on the vineyard. Naturally, that's a pretty, you know, because it's a seasonal tourism influenced community, like most folks are either in a trade of some sorts or in hospitality. And so over the course of those 12 years, it was, it, I truly think it set me up for hopefully every success I continue to have because it gave me thick skin. It taught me how to, I'm like a social chameleon, right? Like I know how to adapt to any scenario because I had been forced to in, in all those scenarios. And then furthermore, like throughout that journey, I realized that I love being a part of people's memories and whether it be somebody's wedding or anniversary or just spending time with someone you love, right? Like, interestingly enough, I waited on Barack Barack and Michelle Obama. And they said to me, they were like, this is the first date we've had in months. And I was like, I get to be a part of that. Like personality aside, but like I get to be a part of someone's date night, right? Like I, I, I still live for that kind of instant gratification. And so as a result, like kind of coming out the backside of that part of my career, um, I realized events was really my passion point within there. Again, like there is nothing like the the on the fly problem solving that you are forced with when you are like living on a timetable of an event coming to life. And I really loved the the highs and lows that that brought. And then over time, I realized like how I bet I could still, you know, scratch that itch and kind of stimulate that passion within me, but in a little bit more of a predictable setting, I'd like to have weekends off. I'd like to have holidays (laughs) with those I love. Right. And so I went into startups and again, it was like the perfect feeder program because startups is all of that, right. Is truly the highest of highs and lowest of lows. And you really have to be cut out and love that journey in order for it to be worth your while. 
And so over the past about 10 years at this point, I've been riding the, the local Boston startup wave. And now I find myself at Alice. And again, it's like a perfect extension of all these experiences that I've just come to, to really find a lot of satisfaction being a part of in my nine to five. So awesome. So, uh, you know, I, I, you, I couldn't help but kind of notice like you're just love to be part of someone's like memories and, and, you know, something that they, that it really means something to them because whether it was someone important, like the former president, uh, or, you know, even just kind of like someone at a, you know, just, just a regular person in the community that like, it means something to them. And, and, and just to, to say you're a part of their life means something to you. So I'm curious, kind of like, how do you think you view that? What are you all doing uh, with the organization? Kind of explain kind of what Alice does, how you think you're part of people's emotional, you, you use the word emotional resonance. So maybe explain what that means and how, what you're doing at Alice to take gifting beyond just what we think of, like maybe a gift card or like a, a cup of coffee. Totally. What are you doing that's different uh, about gifting? Well, I think first and foremost, we we're setting out just to re-educate people on the better experiences that we can be providing and should be providing for our prospects, our customers, our partners, our internal team members. And I think there's this word that's become synonymous with productivity or outputs over the past two decades, really like as we've been living in the automation era, right? Over the, since, you know, the, the past 20 some odd years, this idea of a touch, right? Is, is in everybody's vernacular. You have a 12 touch cadence, right? You have your marketing touches, your sales touches, and when you dilute that experience down to a touch, a touch is like the sentiment there is transaction, right? Touches are transactional. Touches are one-sided. They're self-serving. They're unwarranted or unwanted, right? They're completely devoid of emotion. And the less responses we get with our touches, the more we just dial up the volume. And like that is what we're kind of setting out to, to fundamentally change people's point of view on where you can actually have fewer touches Instead, emphasize the experience that you're creating within that motion. And as a result, then you begin optimizing for outcomes over outputs. And so when I think about like, what's the antithesis of a touch? Well, it's a moment. It is something that is rooted in emotional resonance that is established between you and the recipient on the receiving end of that interaction that you're having. And so when we think about, well, what's the importance of a gift? Well, a gift is one of the ultimate ways in which you can in the words of Amy Volash, show them you know them, right? How do you show people that you know them? How do you show people that you have put in a level of effort and human thought, and it's not a completely automated experience? And instead, you've taken the time to understand what their five to nine interests are, what makes Nina Butler not just a, you know, a SaaS marketer, what makes Alex Smith, you know, not just a, a seller. Like, what are we at the end of the day as individual people? What are those five to nine passions that kind of fuel those nine to five roles and responsibilities? And so when you're able to find a gift that perfectly complements that, it is one of the best ways to show people you know people. And it's like gifting has such an important part in our personal lives. And yet people haven't quite figured out how you can also apply that sentiment into more of a professional setting. Um, because I think there's a lot of connotations that can go with gifting, like how to, you know, I don't want it to be too personal or too extravagant mm. or whatever it might mm. be. And I'm sure there's best practices, but like the, the concept remains. And so here at Alice, you know, when we talk about this idea of a moment, there's really kind of three distinct parts to that, that I think are so important. And, you know, yes, while I don't have sales in my title per se, a lot of these concepts are rooted in this idea of selling where you want to create experiences that are 
relevant for your buyers, respectful of your buyers, and reciprocal with your buyers, right? And so that's all about relatability. And so I think if you don't kind of have those three R's, like you're missing the mark somewhere and there's not much that's going to differentiate your experience from the next person that's trying to create the same thing. You know, there's so much there. You know, the, the, the three R's, like I think some of, I don't know, just for me personally, I think people that struggle with gifting or just, you know, really making an impact with gifting because I think sometimes gifts are like an afterthought not a, a really thoughtful, maybe they're strategic, or maybe they're just like a check the box item. Like we should probably send this person a gift. Something happened to them, send them yeah. flowers, send them this, send them that, as opposed to really getting to know someone and making and connecting the gift to something personal to them. And so maybe let's talk about like, just kind of some tactical things. And I want to take it, I want to separate out, you know, anyone that's like, in a role, and I, you know, we use the term kind of on this sometimes non-salespeople, and I don't even know what that term is because I think we all are doing things to connect to people, to really get people to, you know, listen to us further. That's the whole point of this. But the person that maybe isn't in a quota carrying role, you know, they're just kind of, they just want to know about gifting and they're not doing it as a part of a, a, a cadence necessarily, or a, a process or a touch process. Mm -hmm. Can you break down maybe some tactics. And, and some of these might be very similar across groups, but the person that is not in like a, a quota carrying sales role, and then maybe take like maybe some things to think about for that salesperson, you know, in the, in the process of, of where, where gifting could maybe show up and some tactical things that you might suggest people uh, do when they're kind of like before thinking of what gift to give yeah. somebody, you know? Yeah. And there's a, a lot to unpack there, but you you kind of hit the nail on the head. Like I like to think about the intention of gifting is twofold. And again, it depends on what role in the organization you serve and, and how gifting is perceived as a strategy within that. So I'll kind of start on one side of the coin, which is gifting is a very effective way to motivate somebody to take a desired behavior. And that's very much the sales-led use case, right? Mm -hmm. When you think about what exactly is your ideal customer's journey, well, first off, you got to put in the work to figure out what is that ideal customer journey, right? Or else it will be perceived as like inappropriate or ill-timed, right? If you don't actually think critically about where in that person's journey, do I want to accelerate or propel them through it more effectively, more efficiently, more thoughtfully, right? And so until you have a good understanding about what kind of those, those dates and gates look like, then it's going to have a really hard time pairing it with a thoughtful strategy around gifting to help you get there and see results more quickly. So that's the gifting just as a high level is like a really effective way to incentivize that behavior to, to encourage somebody to take a next step in your relationship with you. The other side of the coin though, and this is probably more for, or, you know, for less of the quota carrying rep or sales led use case side is gifting is a really great way to acknowledge or reward people's behavior, right? So think about it if you are in a, a CS function or even on the marketing side, right? A customer marketer. And you have a customer that hits a certain milestone in your product, or they just renewed their contract, or it's their birthday, or they got a promotion, right? Think about all these different really important moments in time where a gift is really appropriate to acknowledge said milestone. And again, the milestone is more internally facing, right? It's more acknowledgement of that person's five to nine, right? Than necessarily their, their nine to five or trying to have them convert through or go through a conversion path. But the sentiment is the same. You want to show them you know them. You want to show them that you have taken the time to acknowledge them, provide a moment of surprise and delight, because that's going to be the sticky factor when it comes for them to 
renew their contract, right? Or consider an upsell. They're going to remember the way that you've made them feel. And gifting is just one of the ultimate ways to, again, create that kind of emotional resonance with them. So you continue to stay top of mind. So sometimes we feel like milestones, you know, yeah, are just like the, the days, like birthdays, anniversaries, but we don't think about other times in our lives where a gift is appropriate. And, and the person's like, oh my gosh, you totally didn't have to do that. But it does mean something more when it's like, hey, I just, I saw you do like something. It could be a new job, but it could be as something as little as like, hey, like I really saw how well you ran that meeting or, hey, I, I know that your, your son or daughter like had an awesome soccer game. I wanted to give them this as a, as a result or, hey, I saw this insert whatever, but like it, it shows that you are paying attention. You are like someone is caring about you again, showing the person that you actually know their lives, you, yep. you know, something about them and your the gift is almost just kind of a, a symbol of, of, of that, you know, in a way. Exactly. So I think that could be uh, applicable for the, just the person that isn't in a necessarily using a, and, and, and in none of these cases, the gift isn't to the intention of the gift isn't to to get something in re- receipts, mm-hmm. it really just to acknowledge and really that you took the time to to really connect with somebody. I'm curious, like sometimes like it's hard. And I think even sometimes for me too, like maybe you don't, you haven't made a personal connection with somebody. Maybe you're just in a kind of a business relationship. Maybe you've just met someone for the first time and you're not sure how to really connect that personal, you're not sure how to open up that conversation to even connect a gift to someone's personal five to nine. Yep. What are you looking for? You know, I, I know there's things you can do on LinkedIn and stuff like that, but maybe, you know, what do you, what, what advice would you have for somebody to kind of look for ways to connect to someone's five to nine? Totally. I mean, oh, there's a couple of things probably worth mentioning. One, you, you're hit the nail on the head in that a really personal gift is not appropriate for every person at every moment in time, like mm. point blank period. And I think that's where gifting can fall down sometimes. You know, you are, you're reaching out to a cold prospect or, you know, you're, you're trying to introduce yourself to a brand new customer you have no experience or no um, historical context with. And you hit them with like a very personal gift out of the gate. And that person's like, wait a minute, like immediately my guard goes up because where I'm at in my relationship with this person does not mirror the level of effort Mm. or the perceived level of effort Mm. behind this gesture. And from your point of view, you could be like, what do you mean? Like who wouldn't want a $500, you know, whatever, like (laughs) Apple watch. And it's like, well, I wouldn't, cause that makes me really uncomfortable actually. Like you haven't kind of earned the right to be able to give that level of gesture to me. And so when I think about how exactly the gifts can become more personal at what point in time should they be, should they over-index on that five to nine, so to speak. It's the same flow as a funnel, right? When you're really top of funnel and that person has really little familiarity with you, that's more the moments in time where potentially you want to go a gift card, potentially you want to go a donation, right? People are really vocal about the organizations and the causes that they support online. Paying it forward to a cause that you know is near and dear to their heart, that will hit the mark every single point of that customer's journey or of that person's familiarity with you. Cause it's not about them at the end of the day, it's mm-hmm. about paying it forward mm-hmm. to an org that actually does pull on their heartstrings. And that stuff's super easy to figure out online. However, the more you familiar with, get with them, right? The more you, you listen, you, you know, take note of context clues. Like I have things in my apartment that like a surfing poster, right? Like there are things that you can then start to pick up on, like literally take note of in your handy dandy notebook. And then when the moment strikes, if you're able to pair that memory with something physical, like boom, that's when you've solidified your place in that person's memory or perception of you. And I also think too, the same goes for 
budget when you think about like, well, what's like the right level of effort to invest? Like when you are super top of funnel, like those really extreme levels of investment are actually really off-putting as opposed to the more familiar the person gets with you, the more valuable that interaction can then become. That could potentially be where you want to make a, a larger investment because it, it better mirrors where that person is in their journey with you as a person and with your company as a brand. I know that, you know, sometimes that's a huge uh, distinction uh, for anybody listening to this, like getting too personal, maybe with that first one, even when you think it might not be creepy, even it, it doesn't have to be money either. It's not like creepy doesn't some, that line can be so tough to walk when, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you didn't even spend a whole lot of money on somebody, but you took some information that you found, maybe someone yeah. you found like a personal thing on LinkedIn about somebody, and then you just went all guns a blazing, mm-hmm. you know, to, to really personalize the gift and people don't even know you They're, They'd be like, this is kind of cool, but man, I don't even like, I, I don't know this it's person. Creepy. It, yeah. It like, come creepy. on, <laughs> man, you know, so I never want to be perceived that. And there may have been times where like, I thought something was awesome and, and maybe I maybe over indexed on it, but it's like, yeah, I kind of, you know, even if somebody doesn't get back to you, they know of you, you know, their, their way, oh, this guy made a donation or this guy did this and maybe they don't get back to you. And then you kind of, you know, at the end, it's like, listen, Hey, maybe it's not a fit right now, but Hey, I made this because I saw you, you know, uh, loved this or, uh, comic books, you know, I, I, yeah. heard, uh, something that I've done, but I'll, uh, you know, you, you kind of, you, you made a point that it's like, maybe work your way up to the, the really, exactly. really hyper-personalized experience and people go, okay, okay. Wow. This guy, this person's really, you know, yep. taking some effort here. I almost feel like I, I, I need to, you know, at least see who this person is. That's like mm-hmm. taking this much time on me. Right. Even if I don't need anything that they, they have necessarily, if they're investing time in me, I should invest time in them. Right. So that's right. And again, too, like it's, while I kind of give like generalizations in terms of like price point, it's more so the perceived value behind the gesture is what makes or breaks the experience, right? Like a $25 gift card for, or I'll reframe this $100 gift card from Amazon does not hit the same as a $25 yoga mat to me, right? Cause I love yoga, right? So it's like, those two things are not created equally. And that just because I understand like the actual face value of a gift does not correlate with my, uh, how impressed I am or how much that kind of like makes my heart go pitter patter when I see it in my inbox or when I see it on my front step. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, let's talk a little bit about some ways to send uh, gifts to people, some cool things that you might suggest or what you, where you've seen. I know I've heard you offer some awesome ideas on other podcasts uh, through email, like really cool email titles and you, you know, you marrying them with a gift, maybe go, go into kind of like some, some of your favorite ones. I know you gave an awesome one, like uh, what, what an email that you got MQL snakes, TB 12 house, you know, Nina, what's worse MQLs are a snake. And I, I love that. You know, <laughs> they're both like, terrible. You know, yeah. They're all, ter- <laughs> they're all terrible. There's no right answer. Good, yeah. And you're like, okay, I need to, I need to open this. I need to like see more, but um, yeah. What are some, some different ideas? Like if, if sparking some ideas out there, of maybe it's an email with it, with a gift, maybe it's um, a message, a handwritten note, you know, connecting mm-hmm. the the thought to the gift, you know, some, some, some things out there that you could provide to people. Well, I think as it relates to that, that particular email for, for context for everybody, I was sharing on a separate podcast, a, a cold prospecting email that, that 
did cut through the noise and you better believe I responded to it because it was all about me. It was not about the sender. And I think that's where people fall down. Like as a collective revenue function, right? I think so many times people are like, I'm going to optimize for my experience here, not the recipient, not the person on the receiving end of said experience. And again, that's like, boom, that's what makes it a touch, right? When you're not considerate of the person on the receiving end of your gesture. And so that email I had gotten, the reason that it hit with me, because again, it goes back to those three R's. It was relevant to me. The email did in fact kind of dissect my role in the company and the perceived challenges or opportunities with my role. It was relatable in that this person had taken the time to hear about a podcast I'd been on where I talk a lot about, you know, some of my phobias, which include MQLs and snakes. Um, now Tom Brady, because he is oh, an no. expatriate and just like, really, I'm having a hard time with that. So anyways, the person had like sought out things that I chose to do in my five to nine and made that contextually relevant for me. And it was done in a respectful way. He had given the power totally to me at the end of the email. It wasn't like, click here to book a demo today. It was just more so like, hey, like, if I hit the mark here, like I'd love to chat because you just kind of sound like an interesting person. If I miss the mark, that's also okay too, right? It put me in the driver's seat of my experience. And so like that whole experience hit on all three of those things for me. And you better believe I I took a meeting. And now that person's a close friend of mine, like talk weekly. It's like, there are really beautiful things that can happen in business. It doesn't always have to be, you know, all about business at the end of the day. Um, In fact, some of the best experiences are those that like transcend those business to business relationships. And when I think about like the gift or just like clever ways to, again, like stand out and keep yourself differentiated, one, it really is that gift note. Like, are you actually putting in the effort to make sure that person sees themselves in that gift message? And if they were to look to the, I mean, we're not in an office anymore, but if they were to hypothetically look to the left of them and to the right of them, like would all three marketers be getting that same message or would all three Mm -hmm. heads of product or whomever it might be, whoever you're prospecting, right? Like you need to be able to see yourself in that note. And if you can't, people's like people's sniff test is like real fine right now. Like people can smell automation from miles away at this point. Right. And they're like, I know I'm just another number in a sequence and I'm no different from anybody else they reached out to, to that day. So that's like, if you compare a really relevant and relatable gift note with a gift that really is reflective and appropriate and mirrors where that person is again in their journey with you. Is it really personal or is it by design? Not so personal. Like that's, what's going to get you the accepts, the responses, the meetings, or just the thank you notes, right? Like whatever your desired outcome with that gesture is like, that's, what's going to get you to that more quickly. And you, you made a distinction too, because it's like, look, we, in, in sales specifically and in, and in, in, in other roles too, sometimes we're dealing with like lots of people at scale and we can't get, you know, hyper-personalized with everyone, but, you know, we do want to maybe add a, you know, a little bit of a personal touch in what we do. So what are some things that you think about when companies are thinking about doing this at, at, at scale? Like, do you kind of bucket out? Like, here's the, the, the people that we just want to kind of do some kind of over just generalized kind of mm-hmm. you know, quote unquote persona or personal, I know, and maybe you have a, a beef with the term persona based, you know, kind of touch, uh, or not, not, not touch, but really experience or mm-hmm. gifting uh, strategy. How do you do all this at scale? Like what, what are things uh, that to, to kind of think about when you're developing a strategy of gifting on a, to a mass amount of people? I mean, it's a really good question. I, and I, I think my hot take here is like, you will never be able to scale personalization correctly because personalization is not designed to be scale, right? There's 
Personalization is the, is, you know, the, is the verb, right? It's the act of being personal. And in that way, there's like automation undertones, which is by design. But at the end of the day, to really create a one-to-one connection, it needs to go beyond automation, right? And so it kind of goes back to an earlier comment I'd made where it's like, if you're not tight on what that ideal customer's journey is with you, you're going to miss the mark when you figure out what are things I should be and could be automating and what are things I should not be and like will not be automating in that customer's journey with me. And those, you know, the person kind of weaves in and out of things that are really like personal versus personalized, right? Those are two separate experiences. Mm -hmm. And if you string them together correctly, you're going to hit the nail on the head and that person's going to feel like the right type of experience was provided for them. And as a result, they're going to go out and tell their friends about what a great experience they had with your company, right? And so like, that's a big thing that we think about here at Alice is like, we do not just batch and blast because no two people in our database are created the same. However, we have to have a point of view on how we organize those people so we can be efficient because we can't craft a one-to-one email to every person, nor should we. And so when you think about like, depending upon whether you have a named account strategy or an account-based motion or a top 20 list, right? There's naturally going to be some segment of your audience that it's worth it to invest a little bit more into their experience, into their journey. And as a result, here's the type of moments we want to string together for them. And that's going to be by design a little bit different from folks that are potentially not as prioritized or not as much of a focus for the business in the moment. And then again, that's going to be very different, kind of like your base, like your evergreen kind of run the business strategy where you want to continue to provide value and provide relevant experience for people. But that's where you get a little more persona based. And I have no problem with personas because personas is all about nailing that sense of relevancy, right? Like you have to be relevant to your prospect in the moment. Like you have to be appealing to things that you know are top of mind to them in their nine to five. Like you can't abandon that or else you're missing like one leg on your (laughs) stool, right? Like you got it. But I think people are pretty good at that at this point. Now we're just trying to encourage people to focus on more of that relatability aspect, more of that human connection, more of that five to nine, right? Because it's when you put those things together is when you see maximum response. So can you tell me a little bit, Nina, when you say, you know, kind of like the persona or personalized, what in your mind, you know, kind of just so everybody understands, some people have never even heard the term persona, like what does that define to you and why is it different than personalized and where do people get the terms confused, do you think? I mean, by I don't know, verbatim, but like by definition, quote unquote, HubSpot defines their persona as an artificial representation of your ideal customer's profile. And the reason personas are important is because it helps you actualize who exactly you need to create those experiences that that empathy and that relevancy for, because, you know, my, we have names for them right here at Alice, we use personas because it helps us stay focused and it helps us stay clear in terms of who exactly we're providing value for and what is that value and how is it nuancedly different from their, their colleague. It's like, we have ADM Adam and, you know, marketing manager Mandy, like we have these different personas and we spend lots of time thinking about like, okay, like, What's their current state? What's like their from to state, right? Where do we want to get this person? What are their goals, their motivators, their objectives, their KPIs, their nuances of their functional areas in the business? We map all those things out. And then as a result, we're able to provide more relevant experiences for them. And so that's what I mean when I talk about a persona is figuring out like who exactly those key audience members are, and then spending a lot of time to get to know them as well as you can. 
where you need to then marry that is taking all that persona level insight, couple it with things like, you know, firmographic data points and technographic data points, trying to figure out like, okay, if I'm a marketing manager, what does a marketing manager look like in a company that has 50 employees versus 250 employees? What's a marketing manager look like in a company that is in highly competitive B2B SaaS, Red Ocean space versus a government or insurance or something that's very different, right? Like you have to take the time to understand what the realities of that person are within the context of their nine to five. And then how you can truly provide those personal experiences is taking all that and then speaking to them on a person level, right? Like appealing to them as an individual, knowing what their professional motivators and challenges are, but also marrying that with things that you know will catch their attention because so seldom do people get seen as the individuals that they are. All they get viewed at or talked at or you know, given experiences toward are their personas. And they're like, but I'm so much more than that. I feel like that all the time, right? When I get clearly canned emails and they're like, you're an event, so you must like X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, bro, no, like mm-hmm. take one millisecond to like read a blog I've written or been on a podcast. Right. And you'll actually know that like <laughs> my personal motivators are very different than the, like a conventional marketer. So it's like, you really got to put in that work, but you should only put in the work on the people that, you know, have the biggest upside for that level of investment. And I think that's where people get a little confused or stuck. Yeah. You know, sometimes I don't know like uh, how much to connect things to kind of someone's, you know, persona, kind of like who they are in business and then, you know, how to, uh, like what percentage uh, should be that versus kind of like their, their five to nine and kind of mm-hmm. maybe I'm thinking about it too, overthinking it. Um, I can think of a personal story to me. This person's still out there and, you know, hey, if you're ever listening to this, maybe one day we'll, we'll have a meeting, but I went straight to this guy's um, five to nine. I found out that someone I'm, I'm trying to get a meeting with and we could connect. Uh, I was trying to connect what I do. So I, I in my uh, nine to five, this is my five to nine, uh, the podcast, but I, I sell learning uh, management software and really just all, all sorts of strategies around helping organizations reimagine how they help their teammates uh, learn and, and develop and uh, through their organization and through technology. And so I saw that this person in his five to nine actually wrote a book and his LinkedIn background was uh, this weird comic uh, strip that I'd never seen before. I'm like, who knows anything about comics? And my friends were like, yeah, that's this guy Hawkman. And uh, Hawkman happens to be this really obscure Marvel character from like the the 40s and 50s. And, you know, a lot of people don't know him, but he actually wrote a book about this comic book character and all about, I mean, really in depth about who this comic book character was. So I thought it would be fun to like connect this comic book character to learning. And I and made a comic book for him called Superheroes of Learning. And um, I put like him as this Hawkman character and then me as a comic book character and kind of asked a question about, how we could join alliances and create a, a a partnership around learning and really change the the the, the way that this organization learns. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, I've I've sent it. I've tagged him. I've had people show it to him. Maybe I went a little far on the uh, personalization, but um, you know, I I try to connect and try to stay relevant. Of like, hey, like I, I I'm tipping my cap to what you're doing, but I'm also trying to connect. Hey, here's how I think. Here's the enemy. The enemies of of uh, learning it's disengagement so i had a mm-hmm. one of the pages of the the comic book it was like a four-page comic book was 
the enemy of uh, learning is disengaged learners. And here's how we can help with that. So, but um, yeah, like, so I don't know what you think about things like that, but connecting, I think someone's nine to five to their five to the nine yep. is, is where people, you know, kind of, you know, it's tough for people to understand how do I do that in a, in a way that doesn't over index or that's creepy or yep. figure out where to do that. And when, when it hits home, you know, well, it's, I mean, it's first off, I'm like, I'm razzle dazzled by that. I'm like, I'll <laughs> send it to you. <laughs> that's I need amazing. To get yeah. But again, right. It all comes back to like, okay, like what is that person's familiarity with, with your company, with sure. you, right. With, or, you know, it's like, there's a lot of influencing factors there where you're like, hmm, like if I had bumped that out, like it till this point, instead of that point, yeah. I wonder if the response I would have seen to date totally. had been different, whatever. Right. But that's like, it's all about testing and learning, right? Like the things I share today is where I've found success in, in the verticals and the markets that, you know, I try to create value and memorable experiences within, but that's going to be pretty different from everybody else listening today. And so it's like, it's all about testing and learning. Some people are going to respond really well to the, that type of experience, right? I have the good fortune of, of marketing to marketers and, and, you know, marketing to sellers who I would like to hope I have somewhat of an understanding of, of a day in the life of them. And so that type of stuff hits because it would hit with me. Whereas if I'm selling to, you know, IT or CISO or someone else, right? Like those types of experiences might not land so well, but you really don't know until you start to test and learn. And I think oftentimes people perceive gifting as like, you got to go all in or it's not worth it. And I would challenge people to think like, how can you start small on these things, right? Like mm. you don't need a platform like Alice out of the gate. You can instead, like you've done, like take that initiative, take the time, figure out how to create a mini test of your own and prove it out because you're going to learn a lot more by doing and testing and learning than you are sitting in a room trying to hypothesize that ideal experience and getting it perfectly right to then invest all the level of effort and see no return. And it's a lot of time wasted. And I think one of the beautiful things about like the market we live in is like, our channels are pretty forgiving at this point, right? Like you can test and learn a lot with, with LinkedIn and calls and emails and events and gifting, right? Like you can, you can marry these experiential channels together to create a really impactful moment, but you also get a lot of at-bats and you get more opportunities to craft it and make it even better the next time around. And so I like to think when people are like, ah, you know, gifting, should we, shouldn't we? And I'm like, well, you always should, but you should always start small and have a really particular use case in mind and get out there and test and learn and see what happens. So true. You know, kind of just, you know, try different things, challenge yourself to, to think more thoughtfully on how you give gifts, not just that they're, uh, they're something that you should do necessarily, but it's, it's something that, yes, we should do them, but not just um, because we should do them. It's because mm -hmm. of the outcome that we're looking to drive and because of the emotional connection that we're trying to yeah. create with uh, the person, the, the receiver of that gift. So yeah. What is your hope like going forward that where gifting looks like in business or kind of uh, in our personal life? Like what do you hope like in the future, what it looks like maybe in business? Let's just talk yeah. about that. Like, what do you think? What do you, what is your vision of, of what it, it might look like? I mean, beyond gifting, like my hope for the future, Alex, is that people are kinder to each other in business. Like I think there, as technology, like literally as we speak today, there is this impersonal buffer that sits between you and I, which is a laptop, right? Which is a piece of technology. Like the ability to create experiences that treat people like people has been obliterated because people just sit behind this tech and they don't allow themselves to kind of break that dimensional wall and interact with them like they would in person. And I, you know, I see things online where it's like, 
people get roasted for bad outreach and all this stuff. And I'm like, why is there so much unkindness in the world? Let's instead start to prop up the good behaviors and make those the models and talk more about how to achieve those types of things, right? And celebrate where people are doing really well. And as a result, you'll start to see a shift in your outcomes and that will give you the confidence or the permission to pull back on volume and basically create better experiences for fewer people and still hit those numbers and still hit those targets and everything that you need to deliver from a professional standpoint. So my, my wish is that people are kinder to each other, both those that are administering those experiences and then those on the receiving end of them as well. I'm so glad that you said that. And as we close, like you would like a gift that I gave to my community in the election. My wife didn't like it so much because we were uh, <laughs> out of, I was out of work. I didn't have much money, but I spent a, about 160 bucks to make political signs in my neighborhood. And they weren't for a Democrat or Republican in the election, but all they said were vote for. And then that just said the word <laughs> kindness 2020. And I put them all around uh, Tampa Bay and uh, my neighborhood. And my my wife's like, why are you doing this? But I just, <laughs> I just like, it was funny to me to think about someone driving to work and they just see like all these political signs and they're just like, what, what kindness? What, what, vote? Who, vote for, is this Biden? Trump? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the hilarious thing was that people actually stole, two people stole the signs. I, I'll, I'll get into this story later and I'll show you the signs. Two people stole them. And actually defaced them and said, you know, and they happened to be Trump supporters, but they were just, they crossed out kindness, like Trump 2020, and then some political things. I'm like, no, you missed the point of You're the, like, the sign. Like, how, who's driving opposite. those kindness? <laughs> no. That must be a bite, you know, but it's, yeah. you know, not political. My, my point was just like, yeah, why can't we just encourage that? Less divisiveness, more kindness. Uh, I think it's possible in the world. Nina, before I, you jump, I ask all my guests, and this is the 50th episode, because I think just to kind of wrap this all up is great because we all have these five to nine things that really make us unique. And every guest has given something different to this question. And I'm, I'm sure yours is going to be amazing, but what is something, and, and this helps us connect to you. What is something that an event, then you look back in your life, just when you, when you think of it, something that could only, or would only happen to Nina Butler what would that something be? If you could think back to your life, something that's happened to you in an event, what would that be? Wow. I would like to think I've had a lot of <laughs> unique experiences in my life. Let's see. Something that could only have happened to me. You already um, gave one with the, the, the uh, Barack Obama well, story, but okay, I'll bring something it. that's like totally native. This thing is so totally you, you know, that thing. Okay, I'll bring it full circle. I'll ride that memory. I will <laughs> encourage everybody to, to go back in their time machines to 45 minutes ago when I talked about um, that <laughs> time I got to wait on the, the um, first lady and, and the former president. And growing up on Martha's Vineyard, I am like, I, I don't know, I probably have like, lobster juice coming out of my pores, right? Like I eat so much shellfish. I eat so much seafood. Like it is a, one of like the cornerstones of my diet and the restaurant that I was working at at the time, this beautiful, you know, fancy place. And it sat right on this Harbor where you overlook like a very like quintessential fishing village. And people really go. Cause they're like, I want the fish that like walked up the hill tonight. It is that fresh, right? Like I go because I want that type of culinary experience. And so as I'm, you know, taking both their orders, Michelle appropriately orders the twin steamed lobsters. And in my head, I'm like, yes, classic. Like, I love this for her. And the president orders a cowboy steak well done. <laughs> and I was like, 
I got to interject here. And that's just the type of person I am. Like, I know. No. So I say with all with all due respect, Mr. President, would you not prefer some seafood? And Michelle like lost it. She was like, this happens everywhere we go. It's what he likes to eat. And he's like, yeah, no, I'm like sticking to my guns. And I was like, well, unconventional, but okay. And as I'm like writing up the dupe to put it into the kitchen, I was like, chef's going to kill me. Like he's going to read this order and be like, no, no, like the kicker is, so I like write up the dupe, you know, I order in, I put it, put it in the window for chef. He reads it and he's like a cowboy steak. Well done. And all like the secret service stand on the food line so they can watch you prepare the food. And so there's like these huge guys that are behind me and they all just start cracking up. And they were like, did he order a piece of steak? Well done. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, he does it everywhere he goes. <laughs> so I like to think back on that as like, you know, I, I, I was trying to do my hometown proud. I was really trying to have him, you know, be a part of the, the vineyard culinary experience, promote some local fishermen. And he, he wasn't having it, but I love funny. that you have the guts, the gumption to, <laughs> to, to say that, you know, with all due respect. Mr. So to know Nina is to know that she is not afraid to speak her mind, but also to yeah. really help you like to think, Hey, I want you to have the greatest experience. That's exactly and then when he's right. like, no, you're like all good. I'm going to okay. give you that well done steak. <laughs> that That's right. It wouldn't be for me, but treat people like they want to be treated. You know, the platinum rule. That's exactly like, right. Fun. You got to meet people where they are. And that's Absolutely. like, I feel like it perfectly embodies me as a person and a professional. And there you go. That's my story. I'm great to story. It. Oh my gosh. Okay. So Nina Butler, so amazing to talk with you to be the 50th episode. Where can people connect with you, make jokes about, you know, their, what they order steaks, razz you about Tom Brady, or maybe even talk a little reggae in uh, Boston. I love it. Yeah. You can find me on LinkedIn, Nina Butler. I work at Alice, uh, or you can shoot me an email, Nina at Alice.com, A-L-Y-C-E. Yeah. And make it good, make it personal, make it relatable, relevant, and um, you know, you'll, you'll probably get a, a response. So you'll definitely get a response. Awesome. Thank you so much, Nina, for coming on. Thanks for having me. Hey gang. All right. Wow. You made it to the end. I know your time is valuable. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for spending your time here with me. If you heard a quote you liked, got a quick bit of value, or you have an idea that can help convince others to join, I urge you to take a minute and leave a five-star rating and review. That helps us gain influence and bring some really great guests on to add even more value to you and others. You can also always contact me directly to tell me your thoughts. I'd love to hear from you. All my info is in the notes. Let's help convince anyone that they have the ability to sell well just by being great humans. And this podcast is proof. All right. See you on the next episode of Stories of Selling Human.